This episode of the Check Out This Record podcast is brought to you by GuitarExclusive.com. Visit now for buying guides, reviews, and more. GuitarExclusive.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Rock and Roll Podcast. Check out this record. My name is Mark, and with me as always, my pal and yours, it's Frankie D. Hey, Mark. Hello, listeners. <laughs> if you've stumbled upon us for some reason and you just don't know where you are on the internet, uh, we're currently available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music, or wherever you find fine podcasts. We're even available on YouTube, so there's a good chance you're in one of those places. That's right, Mark. Now, new episodes, they drip to the drop directly to your ears every Mm -hmm. Friday. And of course, they're for your guys listening pleasure. That's right. So what the heck is check out this record? Great question. Thanks for asking. This is the podcast where Frank and I recommend albums to each other to check out and give them a, a thorough review. We'll also find like we did this with this week. What's popular out there in the world of rock and roll? And we'll tell you if we think it sucks or not. (laughs) Anyways, we also have a wide variety of musical discussions, like in our Spotlight series, where we'll dig into a band's catalog and see what comes out the other side. That's right, Mark. Or in our Versus series, we pit two, sometimes three albums against each other. And guess what? They do get out for what's known as total stereo domination. Oh, there it is. He tricked us out, folks. I did. Um, Now, if social media is how you like to get kinky, be sure to check us out on Instagram. We even have a Facebook group. Oh, yeah. Uh, We like to drop additional content that will hopefully leave you wanting more of Frank's musical goodness and and some of my random nonsense. Yeah. Uh, Don't forget. uh, Don't forget to pop over to the world famous tube of the U and watch mm -hmm. us as we're going to make silly faces as we try to put this all together, guys. Yep. Just mm-hmm. just for you. So it's all for mm-hmm. you right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 Uh, if you've got a record you want us to check out, just drop us a comment wherever you have found us. While you're at it, like, subscribe, and give us a rating and a review. Uh, so I say this, Frank, yes, why sir? the hell are we listening to another Greta Van Fleet again? <laughs> oh, man. So mm-hmm. if there was anyone that liked us out there, uh, <laughs> They're not gonna like us probably after this episode. Ugh. I know we're talking about the new Greta Van Fleet album, Mark. The battle, the battle at Garden's Gate. Um, now I don't think we need to go into the band's history and how we got here. We have an episode in our archives on their first record, and we caught loads of shit for it, my friend. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it was quoted, uh, it, or I was called, and I quoted uh, that we were just giving senseless drivel. Yeah, uh, that's fair. Now I'm a big boy, so I could take the heat. <laughs> but I recall when asking why was this uh, the senseless brand of drivel, the response was that because Greta Van Fleet is rooted in the blues and they know how to play their instruments. So let me make this declaration right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am not on the team of giving um, Greta Van Fleet um, bitter dog turds because they sound like Zeppelin. Okay, I don't mm-hmm. care at all that they that they sound like one another. Uh, it carries uh, on a tradition. Uh, you know, and of influence. Secondly, I was never a huge Led Zeppelin fan. So it really, it's no skin off my back if another band sounds like them. What I care about is if the 
band, uh, mm-hmm. if there's a band who gets compared to this legendary act, uh, sure. if they do just enough to separate themselves uh, from that band so that they really form into their own. And most importantly, are the songs good? That's no, it. That's it, right? Oh, now, sorry. Now, now, what does what do I mean by good? Of course. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, that's an individual preference, and it's what makes your neurons feel all good inside, and that may vary per person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Mark, uh, with that said, of course, um, man, what are you hearing from this album initially? You know, Frank, it sounds painfully the same. Um, you know, we get some some quote unquote rock numbers. We get some chill out tunes again, quote unquote, uh, but we're uh, comparatively, this record doesn't sound much different aside from, you know, some ethereal chords and changes and that, uh, that organ intro, which I'm pretty sure is just a keyboard uh, dressed up as an organ. Um, but, you know, Hey, look, that's part of the, the, the studio atmosphere and you can pull trickery like that. Uh, and that's fine. So yeah, aside from uh, some new window dressing, if you will, um, we're in for uh, the quote, uh, we swear we're not ripping off Zeppelin uh, end quote trash from the last album, Frank. <laughs> perfect, mm-hmm. perfect segue into the track by track of this album. Let's and do it. An anticipated album. And uh, by who? Not me. Not me. So here we go. You ready for the first song? So the first song is Heat Above. Uh, we start mm. off with that organ, Mark, that you were referring to. Then the rest mm-hmm. of the band comes in, uh, and we get uh, the acoustic guitar right before uh, Josh's vocals enter. Uh, you can tell right away that the band is going for a big sound. It's not just guitar, bass, and drums. It's way more expansive than that. Uh, we get some mentions of their first record with the Peaceful Army and then the anthem loudly sung. Um, so this is the band saying, hey, so is this the band saying, uh, hey, this is what we sound like? I personally would have liked something more rocking to start off this album. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I feel if you're going to say what the band does best, it is those rocking numbers. Uh, for me, this track is, just, I mean, very okay. Something is missing. Maybe a more punchier chorus to not have it sound so bland and steady paced. Um, we get some lyrics here. Can you feel my love rising with the heat above? Like the story of ascending to the stars as one. Uh, I need more than that to be honest with you. And I expect that from these guys. And I think that's fair for people to have that expectation. Mark. Yeah, this is trash dressed up as art uh, musically. Yes, they sound great. The The guitars are clean and bright. The drums and bass uh, don't lack, but neither um, it excels. And vocally, this dude is all over the place. His pronunciation goes from clear to overly vibrato, uh, making his lyrics uh, almost completely inaudible at points. Contextually, the band claims that this is something to do with uh, the cult of heaven and how there is still a place for peace on earth. I don't know what I buy any of that. I mean, it all sounds like horse shit to me. Um, you know, I think it's kind of like a half-ass rock opera that no one had the balls to tell them didn't work. <laughs> I, this thing sucks, dude. I, I, I've been complaining to Frank all week about this. Yes. I, I, I had to stop writing my reviews so many times. I had to stop listening to this record. So I, I was getting physically angry and, and it was not helping. Um, so yeah, yeah. track two is Speaking my way. Angry. <laughs> yeah. Comma soon. Fuck this song. Uh, the band is really showing their age and uh, my money is on. This is one of they actually wrote. I know that they claim they write all their own songs. Uh, it's formulaic, formulaic garbage and a couple of dudes who have been 
faking it for three or four years on the road. It's not surprising that this snooze fest came out of them as, you know, how we feel about our success. It's trash. Yeah. So at track two, we have what I feel is, is if not one of the lowest point on the record, uh, it's a mm-hmm. very uninspiring song with less than subpar lyrics. Uh, it's hard to even get engaged and attention here when you have the opening lines of I've seen many people. There are so many people. Some are much younger people and some are old. I mean, that's fucking shoot this kid in the back of the head and put him out of his misery. That's right beginner now. level writing. And it's not just the opening sequences. We have uh, after it. I've seen many places. There's so many places. And where are these people going? Will they choose the road? Listen, uh, you've been blessed to be. So- what road? What right. goddamn road? What are you talking about? Right. <laughs> You're 22, 23, 24. I think they just turned 25. What the fuck are they talking about? Right, right. And, and think about it. for them, they've been so blessed and so young to see the world and his treasures. But this is the best. This is the best that you came up with. Uh, not only that, but the, the music is just stale on this one. There's nothing exciting. No memorable riffs. No edge at all. And there's nothing memorable here uh, other than us remembering that it's not good. So mm-hmm. that, that's mm-hmm. that's really like this is it's not a good track. Track three, Broken Bells. Okay, so obviously I didn't like the last track, uh, but I kind of like this one. Uh, as a guitarist, I like uh, Jacob's work here with the finger-picked acoustic verses and the chorus coming in later with the electric guitar and the solo to give that song that epic, airy feel. Uh, I like the lyrics that they that they are step up from the last track, uh, but the song, I think, does something that the other two didn't do. It gives me personally that memorable moment which moment uh mm-hmm. it's specifically the melody on i never want to fall asleep within my dreams the weight we so we reap uh this is where the lyrics listen they're not dealing or anything but the melody at least is spot on and it separates the rest of the song uh it's where the band i think is able to be best which is these epic rocking songs with multiple musical pieces or parts so to me at least from the last track this is a step up mark yeah, there is some uh, some really good guitar work here, and the arrangement behind it is nice enough, but this is uh, trash from top to bottom. Otherwise, all the lyrics end in rhyming couplets, um, and they even uh, and even when they mean uh, to squeak out, manage, I'm so angry at this, I can't even read. Even when they manage to squeak out, squeak out a decent line, it's usually followed uh, by a tacky cliche or underwhelming rhyme scheme. Knock it the fuck off, dude. <laughs> track four is built by nations um best tune thus far on the album and it's clearly the most zeppelin-esque i mean this thing uh i won't tell you exactly which song it is but let's just say if you like spotify it's one of the top five anyways <laughs> nice um it's just got absolutely garbage lyrics what is this dude doing while the rest of the band rides the line of copyright infringement is beyond me because uh these wishy-washy half-ass fake seventies lyrics aren't doing anything for me uh, and are so wholeheartedly forgettable. And, l- and let's just clarify that that was what Mark said was the best tune thus far. <laughs> oh, it might be the best tune on the album. Yeah, Sure. Sure. Uh, so, this is another one in, in the context of the album that I like. Yes, it's a Zeppelin-style guitar riff. Uh, but guess what? For me, I don't care. Uh, the music and the lyrics at least give the listener more imagery. I don't know if it's necessarily the soldiers on the way to war. I don't know if it is that literal. Uh, I like Jacob's guitar work here. As the minor scales and the modes really are um, what I like to at least here coming out from his guitar to give it that somber tune. Um, next track five is Age of Machine. Um 
you know, this is the third song in a row that I least feel is is up to par with what they were doing with the songs we liked on the previous album. Uh, again, I like the finger pick D minor chord, giving it a spacey feel. And the verses they don't start off with D minor, but instead they switch it to a D, which is which I think was clever. So it goes D then to C. Um, with the title of Age of Machine, it gives that futuristic feel, sci-fi vibe, or distant future, with which I am a kind of a sucker for. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, I'm okay though with these last three tracks what what about you mark yeah as far as the band's sound um it's big and thematic um more evidence of a, a failed concept i know they kept telling people that it was going to be cinematic um right, i don't think right. they know what that means because they don't know what peaceful or army means so anyways there's some drivel on here that suggests that um we're too dependent on technology or something vague like that I don't know if they're just trying to appeal to the boomers who think that they sound like Zeppelin or it's just the best they could do. Either way, it sucks. Uh, musically, Frank nailed it. Probably the second best song on here, but it's so damn long and goes absolutely nowhere. And it takes its sweet fucking time doing so. Um, yeah, absolutely atrocious. Yeah. Track six, Tears of Rain. That's the stupidest fucking title of her song. <laughs> um, I, I'm I'm so angry just at everything about this album right now. Um, if this had been a mid-album instrumental, if you will, um, a nice interlude, perhaps, um, you know, maybe I would have been into it. So why aren't I? Great question. Thanks for asking. Well, for one, it's not an instrumental. Um, it's entirely too long. It does absolutely nothing with all the time it takes. Uh, but you, you're going to ask yourself, w will it bring rain to my face or um, are, is the rain for these burning faces? Yeah. What? I, I agree. What? What? What are you talking about? Yeah, that's the world is turning, but the faces are burning and mothers are just out there looking for rain. What the fuck is that supposed to mean? It means nothing. And stop pretending that he's like super deep and meaningful. They're garbage made up foo, foo lyrics that they're pretending have value. They have no value um and cut it out on the, like the the vocals just just do a cool opening and in, instrumental stuff and move on i absolutely hate this it's it, ah yeah so you bring up a good point with the instrumental stuff and and sit back and there you go i have a swig my friend so after what i feel were the good tunes we get to this tune to me it's a um showcase for josh's vocals would seem so strange and intentionally loud on the album. Uh, I'll get into that later. But the song to me is a typical example of an uninspiring song. Uh, it's an easy tune to get lost and there's no epic feel at all to it. It almost feels as if it was, Mark, an instrumental piece with no intention on having lyrics. And they just incorporated it into the musical piece. And this is what we got, yeah. uh, which begs me to then think maybe they should be an instrumental band. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. it's, it's something like that. So we get track seven, Stardust Chords. Uh, to me, uh, this is where uh, the album features, um, you know, some continuity where they mentioned the Garden's Gate and the Broken Bells, the Sinner's Wine, the Bread. Obviously, those are biblical lyrics, uh, lyrics uh, references, which we could tie into the garden, perhaps. So I I'm cool with that. But but here's my problem. It's just another run of the mill song in the style that that we're getting. There's nothing that stood out. There's no moments of what I mentioned earlier where I'm like, OK, at least there's a special part here, whether it be a melody, a lyric, something that sticks with us. It, it, it almost feels like 
these tracks, they had a checklist as to what they wanted to fulfill. So sounds as loud as possible, uh, strained vocals, a steady rhythm sections, rock guitars, heavy riffs. But there's one thing missing, the song actually being good. Yeah, you nailed that, dude. Um, this isn't a good song. Musically, it does zero new things. And thematically, it's another drip into the dumpster fire of leftover lyrics that this dude has. Uh, yes, it ties the album together by making those references. But he says, and I quote, it's been said by the likes of the living and the dead. Make your bed. Even sinners go to drink the wine, break the bread, excuse me, break bread. Whoa. I, you know what? You can tell me that this is uh, Christian theology. You can tell me this is, uh, you know, I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's, it's, it's trash. You can't like, you can't look at me seriously and be like, we're a serious band. We're doing this thing. It's so cinematic. It's we're creating our own universe and then write words like, it's been said by the likes of the living and the dead, make your bed. That makes no fucking sense. I have a friend named Fred, just to rhyme. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Do you like lettuce? You can buy it by the head. Like <laughs> this song is little more than an intro for the second half of the album. In case you missed out on what was on the first side of this album, let me catch you up real quick. Uh, spoiler alert, we still suck. That's that song. Uh, track eight, and also on the list of songs that suck from this album, it's actually the eighth song that sucks on this album. It's called Light My Love. Uh, holy cliche bullshit, Batman. I can't stand how poorly written these lyrics are. I know these dudes are young, but this is just pure childish drivel. Um, plus, it would be nice to hear this dude not scream and say something because uh, the only time he's not screaming is when he's doing his whoa, whoa, whoaing, and it really fucking sucks. Yeah, I mean, this is their attempt at that intimate number of the intricacies of passion and and that and, and a concept. And then theory, I'm for, uh, you know, listen, it that in theory is a nice touching tune that gives some exposure to perhaps things we could all relate to. However, what am I going to say, Mark? The song does nothing. It does nothing. It's background noise. It's mm -hmm. background noise. And Josh's vocals seem way more of a distraction on this album as opposed to a compliment piece to the music. Uh, it's if uh, the voice and the rest of the music are almost like in competition. Um, good and memorable tunes are difficult. I get it. And I fully understand this. But the issue is that we're getting more of these forgettable tunes as the album Album keeps progressing so frank frank do you know why people sing about the intricacies of passion why is that my friend because they they're not passionate about anything so they just sing about passion itself it, it, it's like <laughs> loving the idea of love oh i'm so in love with love like fuck you dude right like, you clearly don't know what you're talking about you're just you just want to be included in this conversation that you know nothing about uh, yeah yeah well Mark, the album keeps going. <laughs> oh, I, trust me. I know. <laughs> Track nine is Caravel. Uh, I mean, listen, I, I don't mind the opening riff and the overall vibe of this tune. It's more back to that kind of mythical and atmospheric soundscapes. Uh, a Caravel, just in case anyone was curious, is a smaller sailing ship developed in the 15th century. Uh, I like songs of that nautical nature in the sea and the, the instrumentation between verse two and the chorus is, is pleasant. However, though, again, the lyrics completely 
incomplete to me. Uh, here are some, for example. Whoa, as you could tell, this was the age of the Caravelle. These are the times you'll remember well. Uh, okay, and like, what's next? Like, is there a story? Is there a coming of age on this in the sea? Is there a self-reflective statement? Is there death? Is there love? Uh, life, hate, like what? Tell me what is going on because that doesn't tell me anything. That tells me absolutely nothing at all. It's mm -hmm. just, hey, here's this theme and we're going to give them what we do and we're going to say that this works. Uh, this song could have been, here's a missed opportunity right here. They missed the layup, missed mm -hmm. the extra point, all those sports analogies. It could have been a lot better in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This song could have been uh, just so much more, Frank. You're absolutely right, and, and I'm I'm sorry, but I I couldn't tell at all that this was the time of the caramel. Yeah. Oh no, I I would rather have a nice caramel. I like caramel. I would. These too, lyrics actually. are I, I fucking do. garbage. He, it's it, look, it's impressive that you were able to come up with a rhyme for a word that describes a boat from the 15th century. But nobody could have told that. Nobody was like, oh, you know what the song's about? It's about that fucking boat. Oh, look, he just said it. No, at no fucking point. And I don't want to hear that this is some like magical reference that he's creating some world. It sucks. It's garbage. It's completely ruined all of the music for me. I'm completely out of I would have had I would have liked this to be about caramel, like caramel and chocolate. Yeah, like I, I love like a like a piece yeah. of candy, maybe. Mm-hmm. I got my brother got me a whole box of chocolate of caramels right here. See, I would I have liked, caramels. I yeah. would have liked the song to have yeah. been about that. And and yeah. I think that would have been better. Uh, you know, I, the riff is cool. And right. I, I like the instrumental break, like you sure. mentioned, but it's lacking any kind of heart or depth. And now right. I get that these dudes are in their their 20s. I get that their fan base is typically of their age or they're old boomers who can't admit that they're wrong. There is nothing here. This you, you couldn't even drown in this if you were an infant. Like, there's no fucking depth here. It's, oh, my fucking God. So speaking of songs with no depth, Frank, this song is <laughs> called The Barbarians. The Barbarians. Um, why is this long? <laughs> why is this long? Why is this song so fucking long? Um, it's got a, a cool enough riff, but honestly, it's just the same vague shit about nothing. And the only time a barbarian is mentioned is a barbarian's mother. So I don't know what the fuck they're trying to do here because it's completely. <laughs> I, I felt that this was the expansion of an earlier track built by nations. Again, I like the guitar work, even though the rest of the production seems to be wanting to overpower it, uh, overpower it, excuse me. This is much better, I think, than the last four tracks we heard, but it's really just due to the guitar playing, which... Dude, I gotta tell you, if if musically, they had been linking songs together this whole time, I would not have noticed. Right. A, because they all sound the goddamn same. Yeah. And B, I'm so distracted by how terrible these lyrics are and his singing yeah. that it's really put me off. Like, I am so angry. Uh, so you can't even hear the good, like you can't even hear the good guitar work if you wanted to. If right, well, I, I hear a cool riff, I'm like, oh, this is cool, and then I'm immediately hit by a train that is this dude's fucking mouth. <laughs> like, shut. 
I hate to say it, Bon Jovi was right. Hire a fucking writer. I there you tell you. <laughs> well, it keeps going, Mark, because track 11 is Trip the Light Fantastic. Uh, not fantastic. According to the band, uh, this is about uh, spiritualism at the highest level. Okay, great. Uh, it's a reminder that we're not bound to our earthly beings. Okay, uh, we get this repetition of Ram, which is a mantra. I get it, a spiritualism. Uh, all right. Ram. All right. At this point, uh, I don't I don't care, though, what the song's about because I'm bored. That's mm-hmm. why. I don't mm-hmm. care. I'm going to get heat. Uh, people are going to say, I don't know music. That's fine. They're going to say my tastes probably suck. That's fine, too. Uh, if this is what makes people feel better, then tag me with that. I really don't care uh, because what makes me feel better is not listening to these four to six minute long, drawn out, boring songs that go nowhere. That's it. That's it. And they're all starting to sound the same. Opening riffs, forgettable verses, a blended chorus, no middle eight, repeat it, and then end. There, there's a formula, but it's not a good one. So. Whoa! <laughs> this sucks. Uh, I hate vague spirituality um, in any form. Frank will tell you I'm an avid atheist, um, but but I still have an, a, a great deal of respect for people and their spiritualism. However, with that said, you can't come at me with this phony fucking bullshit. The band is so committed to not taking an actual stand on anything that this song about spirituality, which should be like the deepest fucking thing they've ever done. But I don't know. They're 25 and probably have no idea what they're fucking talking about. Um, might as well be you're you and the universe is you too. And so uh, am I. Ooh, ooh, oh, oh, it's it's absolutely trash. Please go kill yourself. There you go. Um, oh, uh, track 12. <laughs> Did you have anything you want to add to that? I'm sorry. Um, I mean, just, you know, with regards to lyrics, with with things that, um, mm-hmm. you know, thread someone's lifestyle, uh, it's just, it would be nice to have them have more heart, like you were saying yeah, before. Any I conviction. I don't any care, conviction I don't care what nice. the lifestyle is. Like, I don't care. At this point, I just want it to have heart. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Uh, track 12, The Weight of Dreams. Mm. Now, Hold the mother flipping phone, Frank. He sang without blowing the doors off. And uh, it wasn't a woe part. And it sounded uh, almost pretty good. Right. Why did they wait for the 12th fucking track on the record to do that? I don't know. <laughs> um, I should have known that they would, uh, wouldn't would last more than uh, a verse. And then he went right back into just overly screaming, completely inaudible rhyme schemes. Uh, musically, the band is pretty solid. Uh, and, and tight here, despite there not being uh, a great rift, it's just kind of okay. It, 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 you know, it's completely forgettable, but it's not, uh, it's not so bad that I need to point it out. Right. Um, you know, it's more of that fantasy garbage over and over trying not to sound like Led Zeppelin. And I couldn't be less surprised, uh, entirely too fucking long for its own good. Uh, I was really pissed at the fake ending halfway through, um, <laughs> Although that said, the best soloing happens after that. So I guess there's that. Um, I hope they break up soon and uh, just get over themselves. <laughs> yeah, I kept laughing during this track, knowing how much Mark loves himself a good nine minute song. <laughs> so uh, this seems to be their redemption, perhaps for the whole album. However, I think it's too late. You have to roll the dice here and hope that people even make it to this track. So like, Good luck even getting to this point. Uh, just verses and choruses again. Nothing to separate the song. Just banking on the fact that they have a musicality about them that carries their songs. I mean, I like the solo. I do. Um, but what I really want to start saying is that I like the songs. And the solo is just a compliment to that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and that's that's what we have uh, with reference to that last track. So, Mark, ooh, final mm-hmm. thoughts, final mm-hmm. thoughts. So, I know you ready for the final thoughts. Why don't you go first so I can continue to calm down? Okay, okay. Um, as I stated earlier, I'm in the camp mm-hmm. that I don't care if they sound like Led Zeppelin. Like it really doesn't bother me. Uh, we're mm-hmm. so far removed, I think, from Zeppelin with regards to numerical years that it, it's almost going to get to the point of being irrelevant. Uh, my biggest want is good songs. The first album, although having its issues and although we ripped it, had some good songs. Half the tunes to me were at least worth something uh, on this album those three tracks i mentioned uh they were worth something and the rest just seemed like unfinished tunes that the band didn't know how to complete so what did they do they filled it up with these strenuous vocals over over production uh and the guitar uh jacob's playing uh is what i really enjoyed the most and i feel he's developed at a young age as a guitarist um but josh's vocals are are another challenge here i get you have this range i get it but but we got that in the last album too without the dramatic strain it's too overpowering and maybe Mm -hmm. the battle that exists in the battle at garden gate mark uh is to me actually josh's voice first the overproduction first the rest of the band maybe that's the battle actually that we're getting um listen greta van fleet is so early on in their careers and they have a lot of momentum uh and it makes sense but that also isn't a free pass to make these types of bland songs there's an expectation on them and even though uh maybe they have they have a lot of pressure uh, it, it's still there i also noticed their attention to now the uh the image of the band right clothing is different and it's focused on the overall presentation and an almost serious nature has has come over them i'm not sure if that's to match the vibe of the album uh or are they just now taking themselves too seriously uh, whatever the case is it resulted in an album that i would give personally uh four out of a 10 and now the 12 tracks three of them were decent slash good and that's the ceiling um the floor uh is the sea level and track two my way soon is hanging out there let's just say that uh, i would like to see on their next record uh, that they embrace uh, the zeppelin influence but they don't make it the focal point instead focus on the writing of the songs and their quality as opposed to what seems to be this presentation now mark Yeah, you know, it's hard to say what I like least about this band. Um, Is it the, um, uh, excuse me, is it that Built by Nations is blatantly stealing Led Zeppelin's whole lot of love? Oh, I said it. Um, Or is it the complete lack of trying when it comes to writing memorable songs or even songs that make any kind of sense? Or am I still just pissed that they don't understand that Peaceful Army Mm -hmm. is a contradiction in terms that they continue to use in an attempt to rally their fans? I don't know. (laughs) Um, What I know is the only interesting thing about this album is the cover art. And I'm sure I spent if I spent more time working on it, I could figure out who they stole that from, too. Um, When Frank and I wrapped our episode on Anthem of a Peaceful Army, um, I meant it when I said I'm excited to hear where this band goes from there. Um, They did interviews and made claims that the album would sound different and it might be a shock, um, but it wasn't any of those things. They, they got some, uh, some time in the studio and and that additional time made itself known in keyboard parts and long, boring um, intros and way too many woe parts. And, I mean, that's that's it. That's that's the difference I heard from record to record. Um, This album picks right up where the last one left off and totally sucks for doing so. Uh, I 
wanted to hear some growth and development out of the band, but the, I, I I just didn't get it. I got another fake concept album dressed up as a standalone album uh, with no heart and too many references to the band's previous work. Um, it's the same producer that did the shit Foo Fighters album we just did. <laughs> so no surprise here. This is getting a one out of 10 from me. I, I, I'd give him a zero if that were possible. This thing sucks. Um, Frank, I read that they moved to Nashville to record this album and have stayed there. Maybe we'll get a country album next. I don't know. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things. It's super fucking frustrating. Um, and, and I'm just going to touch a little bit on something you and I talked about in the previous episode, right? Because a good portion of that episode, you and I talked about, is this the state of rock and roll? Now, is this is this where rock and roll is going? Um, why is this rock and roll suddenly prevalent? Why is it so popular? Right. Interest the keyword there popular. Right. And I think and, and because I do really feel that this album is, is just them, you know, using toilet paper to wipe their asses from the last one. And this is what came out. Um, this band is what mainstream music and what people who listen to mainstream rock and roll are interested in. They want the next Led Zeppelin. They want the next ACDC. They want the next Guns N' Roses. And if it has that big sound, awesome. And if it's memorable, awesome. But you know what? It isn't. Yeah, they sound like Zeppelin, but the songs aren't as catchy. You're not repeating their lyrics. Nobody's nobody's going to Guitar Center and getting thrown out and pointed to a sign that says, no battle at Garden Gate. No. <laughs> yeah. I, I just wish people didn't like vanilla shit so much. And if you do like vanilla shit, just own that that's your place, right? There are plenty of people who like pop music that go, I know that this sucks. I know that it's trashy. And I know that just like the outfit I just bought, I'm going to be done with it by the end of the summer and I'm never going to listen to it again. So even though this band spent three years putting this record together. This record was done in 2019, by the way. It's a fucking right. shit. Um, they had plenty of time to fix it, just like that Foo Fighters record. Plenty yes. of time to realize what a hunk of garbage they had on their hand. <laughs> um, what, was so, your ra- what was your rating for the Foo Fighter album? I forgot, you know, offhand. I, I think two out of ten. Two out of ten, okay. Yeah, okay. maybe a three. Not not, not great. But yeah, at least, at least Dave can kind of sing and at least he was trying. I don't know. Right. I, like, I mean, I just, if, if given those two records, which one are you taking? The Foo Fighters, right? You have to pick one. The suicide an option? Can I, can I just <laughs> never listen to music again? There's got to be an alternative. I mean, like, uh, whichever one comes on the heavier vinyl so that I can break it and stab myself in the neck rather than listening to it. Okay. I didn't say. Yeah. Uh, all right. Or how about they have. So let's take the listening aspect away, but you're presented mm-hmm. with both the vinyls, right? Mm-hmm. And you, you could just take one. You don't have to listen to it. Mm-hmm. And, and they're nice and pretty. And you know, do I own a fireplace? Mm, that's the, well, we live in Florida, right? So that's all oh, right. Mm. Um, no, I mean, on, I, I don't, I neither. I mean, mm-hmm. like, I, I just, I, I, I've, there's no Frank. It took me seven listens to get through the entire album. Yeah. Start to finish. Like I, I, I was unable to listen to the whole thing. I mean, it's an hour and three minutes long. It's probably 20 minutes longer than it absolutely needs to be. Mm. Um, 
it, it's so like just mind numbingly boring that like I would get lost. In it. I had no idea what was going on and I had to start over because I did like I had missed three songs and I was like, what, how did the fuck did I get three songs away and not even notice? And it's <laughs> because they just bled together. I like I stopped paying attention. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, you know, speaking of that peaceful army, Mark, they're going to mm-hmm. be coming after us once this thing is published. So, they- <laughs> well, if, if they drink their own Kool-Aid, they'll know that it's OK that we have our own opinions and that they can go fuck themselves. Well, you know, I, as I always tell you, Mark, as we're talking about this and once we probably go to our social media, there's going to be ads for this album because, right, they listen to us and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And and you'll get that one person out of 100 who like will just make a very humble comment like I didn't like the record. And then you have everyone coming right after them. This mm-hmm. happened with the Bruce album. This will happen with this album. Yeah. And I applaud that brave person because, again, you know, you could like the first album. I'm totally cool with anyone liking mm-hmm. that first album and becoming like a uh, maybe a devout fan of the band. Um, but he, I, I find it very hard then for you to be like, oh, this is a this one. It was a great follow up. There's a lot of flaws with this. There's a lot of yeah. flaws with it. And I hope the band for their sake, uh, because not only do they have this momentum and success, but they do get their share amount of criticism as well. I, I do hope then with the next album that they really refine that that songwriting aspect because I think that's what was missing here. Um, all right, you want to do the top list, Mark? Sure. All right, so let's do top ten. We're gonna mm-hmm. do a top ten uh, classic rock albums that we rather be listening to, and we're gonna do hell five, yeah, five a piece. And Mark, you start. Sure. I'm. I'm. You know what? I want to listen to Led Zeppelin. Uh, my favorite Led Zeppelin album has always been Houses of the Holy. Um, the song remains the same over the hills and far away. Uh, Dancing Days and my personal favorite, The Ocean. It's a stunning record that will keep you glued to your fucking stereo. Led Zeppelin's awesome for a reason. Uh, and I'll tell you this, Frank, the reason it bothers me that they're stealing Led Zeppelin sound isn't because Led Zeppelin isn't here to fight back. It's because we've heard that before. What do you sound like? And the fact of the matter is, is that Greta Van Fleet doesn't doesn't have their own identity. They just don't have their own sound. And that sucks because they're popular. And this is what people are going to try to imitate now. And I have to deal with people imitating a cheap imitation. (laughs) And fuck that. I don't want that. Sorry. (laughs) Houses of the Holy. There you go. Uh, so my first is actually their modern band, but we did review them. So Rival Sons and oh, hell yeah. that album, Feral Roots, suggested to us by our super fan, Keith. Hey, Keith. How's what it up, going? Keith? Hope you're, hope you're doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, you can hear the review of this in our archives. Now, I know they're a modern band, but personally, uh, but they personify that classic, that classic rock feel, and they do it extremely well. Mm-hmm. J. Buchanan's amazing vocals to Scott Holliday's ripping guitars. This is your healthy alternative to Greta Van Fleet. Uh, for for a current band um, and they're a little older too and I think that aids in their maturity and you could hear that in their music because they have a very mature sound so if you're like us and you're like uh, Greta Van Fleet kind of left you incomplete go check out Rival Sons I think you'll like them and, and I personally did too so Mark next hell yeah um, so classic Rockland uh, I'm going with uh, one of the greatest of all times Mr. Jimi Hendrix the album is Electric Ladyland uh, you want an album that's over an hour long and will keep your attention all the way through while being innovative and classic at the same time? That's this record. <laughs> Jimmy finds his way to be vulnerable and rock your brain out of your skull in one sitting. Um, I own it. It's a fucking masterpiece. There you go. There you go. So I got three words just for my next one. It's mm-hmm. any anything Thin Lizzy. Hell yeah. That's it. Hell the fuck yeah. I mean, it. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, find me a bad, find me a bad tune. So yeah. <laughs> I, I know that I, I sent you a picture of it, but I didn't tell the yes. audience here. I totally got a copy of uh, Johnny the Fox. Oh, it's so damn good. Oh, it's gosh. so good. So good. So good. Yeah. Next. So my third pick is a uh, little Pink Floyd. Mm. I wish you were here, Frank. Oh, yeah. For me, this is the (laughs) the ultimate put on some headphones and sink into your couch because we're going for a fucking ride kind of album. Um, I picked this one uh, for that experience. You can lose yourself into this album and the whole time, you know, they have similar albums and you're not wanting those other albums. Right. They're not constantly just calling back to it. It's not the only thing they've ever done. They can create a new world upon itself with each album. Great event fleet. (laughs) anyways they push themselves uh into directions previously unknown to them and while the sound is similar it stands out from the others and envelops the listener on its own terms nice floyd is cool as fuck you don't have to listen to the wall it's a little too much that's fine wish you were here best pink floyd album yeah Mm -hmm. very cool uh next i have this kind of an obvious choice but uh Mm -hmm. deep purple machine head um you know listen Richie Blackmore, Ian Gillen. I mean, such highway star, uh, pictures of home, obviously smoke on the water, space truck and lazy, you know, yes, it's coined as hard rock, but man, there's, there's definitely some, some kind of hidden metal. That's a classic Robin. Yeah. And well, uh, it's so tight. The, the lyrics are good. Everything mm-hmm. is good about this. Uh, it's iconic. Even the album cover is just great. Um, so yeah, that that's mine. Hell yeah. Uh, my next choice is Joe Cocker. A little help from my friends. Oh, yeah. Joe Cocker was such a badass that John Belushi had a breakout moment uh, where he parried him, where he parried Joe on SNL. Um, I was thinking about this album because of Joe's vocal performance. He does it all, and it's perfect from crooning with the best of them to, to blowing his lungs out and, and screaming the doors down. He just uses his voice as an instrument in a way that most. <clears throat> Uh, wish they could, but never seem to get to. <clears throat> yep. Because right. the guys from Greta Van Fleet are listening to this album and they've continued this episode. And they've continued to listen through our album picks of the shit we would rather listen to than your album. <laughs> so awesome. So awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, next is we have an episode on this too. It's the second album by Cheap Trick in color, uh, released in 77. Uh, I, I think if I recall, Mark, that you, you liked, I think maybe about 60, 65% of this album, right? It was a good time. It was a good enough time. Right. Well, now compared to the Greta Van Fleet record, this thing oh, is it's amazing. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> I, I think the early stuff, I'm not saying that everything uh, Cheap Trick has done is, has been home runs, but I think the early stuff is really underrated. Uh, you get a lot of stuff here. Yes, you get the studio version of I Want You to Want Me, but the live version, I get it, it's a little bit better. Uh, but you get Big Eyes, You're All Talk, Oh Caroline, Come On, Come On. Um, really get them kind of at their peak when they're trying to form their sound. And no matter what you call it, it's definitely rocking. So mm-hmm. uh, Cheap Trick, that's my next one. Yeah, absolutely. So my last pick for this list, um, I mentioned him last time we talked about these guys. I'm going to mention him again. It's Dio, baby. 